paranormal experiences don't really work to a timescale, and therefore, for the spooky season, and indeed for the whole of season 13, we invite you to listen to a dark mini-sode. Hi everyone, and welcome back to another mini-sode. This time round, it's mini-sode 4, and we have some amazing shorter-length paranormal experiences to see you through to episode 5 of The Dark Paranormal. As I often say on our Patreon-only podcast, Dark Bites, sometimes these shorter experiences can carry an air of authenticity which is really hard to fake. On my other paranormal podcast, there are stories which I deleted from over five years ago. So, if you've been listening to me for that long, some of these stories may jog a memory. But rather than having them rot on a hard drive, I thought with it being season 13, it would be amazing to get some of those experiences and give them a new set of ears. And so, today's first paranormal experience for Minisode 4 comes in from Ashley. And Ashley writes, Back when I was growing up, My mum and stepdad were really into the paranormal. So we would spend our Friday nights watching the classic horror films. Films like It or Children of the Corn, Christine, just to name a few. Needless to say, paranormal topics were just normal in my household. As such, my mother would always tell me about the creepy things my young cousin would say to my aunt. My cousin was born when I was about 11 years old. When she was about two or three, around the time she started to really talk, she would say things. Things to my aunt that just blew us away. I have many stories about the things she'd see and the things she'd say. But I want to share the creepiest ones with you. Her and my aunt moved around a lot and they had just moved into a new town home that had a basement. My aunt had a little toy room for her down there, but she never wanted to go down there alone to play in it. She was terrified. Terrified to be anywhere in the house alone. But my aunt just figured it was separation anxiety, which isn't uncommon at that age. The layout of this basement I'll describe quickly for the story's sake. You'd walk down the stairs and the room would be more visible. It was a low-laying ceiling, so anything dangling could be seen from the staircase the more you went down. Well, one day, my cousin seemed particularly disturbed after being down there with my aunt. When they went back upstairs, my aunt ended up asking, ''Why were you so afraid to be down there alone?'' She simply responded, Because, Mummy, I don't want to see the feet of the man who's hanging anymore. It scares me. Well, my aunt just about shit herself. Needless to say, they did not live there for very long. Well, thank you, Ashley, and I think we can all agree that would be a horrific image for an adult to see, let alone a young child. By now, I'm sure we're all aware of the common trope that children have this ability to see the other side and gradually lose it as it's enforced out of them as they become adults. 
Having watched literally thousands of hours of paranormal videos, I know all too well how easy they are to fake. But there are some really good videos going around at the moment of children talking to empty rooms. And if you're like me, they're the sort of videos that come back to your mind around 1 in the morning when it's pitch black and you're trying to get to sleep. Just in case anybody's wondering what the difference is between these minisodes and our Dark Bites episode over on Patreon, basically Dark Bites is much longer and obviously ad-free. But the reason why I love doing these shorter experiences is they very often have gaps in and those gaps allow us to fill them with our own imagination. And nine times out of ten, that's much more terrifying than anything anyone can write. Quite literally, these shorter experiences, without the need of a 30-minute episode, they allow you, the listener, to build the entire landscape, and sometimes the plot, and definitely the theories. So I certainly hold a soft spot in my heart for these shorter length experiences. Speaking of which, our next experience comes in from Will, who writes, Last year, due to problems with my marriage, I ended up moving out of my family home and moving in with my father-in-law for six months. Yes, it was a weird situation. Anyway, back to the story. The house was a terraced house and was built just after World War II ended. I'd been there before, of course, but I've never stayed overnight. Over the six months I lived there, I always hated being in the house on my own. I always felt watched. And at night I would hear creaks and noises from outside of my bedroom door. On the night I would come in late and my father-in-law would have already gone to bed, I used to dread it. In my mind, I would open the door and see something so terrifying, I would crap myself. Thankfully, I never did. I also had a lot of trouble sleeping whilst I lived there. I would often jolt awake in the early hours and not be able to get back to sleep. Then this one night... I jolted awake and I instantly looked towards the door, which was in an alcove in the opposite corner. On the wall, I could see red and green flashing lights swirling around, almost like they were battling to be the dominant colour. Now, I will just explain that, in theory, it would have been possible that something was shining in through the window, but... My window faced to the back of the house, which backed onto everyone else's gardens. And I looked out of the window, after switching on a lamp, of course, and I didn't see a thing. I saw this swirling light three more times, and always in the small hours. I never asked my father-in-law if he had seen anything, and I certainly didn't tell him what I'd seen, or what I'd felt as I'm not sure what the etiquette is for asking a family member if their house is haunted. But my wife, yes, we kissed and made up, grew up in this house with her three siblings and apparently never had any experiences like mine. From Will. 
Well, thank you so much, Will, for that submission. And I'll be perfectly honest, it struck a chord with me. And the reason it did so is because I've seen a green swirling light. It was the early hours of the morning, I was still living at my father's at the time, and I was watching TV when out of the corner of my eye, on the wall nearest the kitchen, I noticed a swirling green light, like a neon-coloured light. And it was turning in a very straight and very deliberate, slow way. In fact, it was so slow and so straight, it instantly ruled out in my mind it being children shining a light through a fence, especially at 2am. Again, like Will's experience, it was coming from the back garden and I instantly got up, went to the back garden to look and could see nothing. By this point, the light had disappeared. And I know we're not alone in seeing these strange green and sometimes red lights. My good friend Emma from Real Life Ghost Stories has also witnessed these lights. So if you've seen something akin to this, let us know. Contact at thedarkparanormal.com Our final experience for today's minisode comes in from Claire. And Claire writes, I've encountered a ghost or two in my time, but I thought you may be interested in a spooky event that probably saved me by frightening me. I was in my early 20s, just after I graduated university and I'd moved back to my parents' house. I'd gotten myself a proper job at a local nightclub, as the pay was a good rate for bar work, and it was only a 25-minute walk into town from my house. My hometown of Burton-on-Trent was quiet at night, and there were no buses from my street to town and vice versa. After my shift at the nightclub, I would, to save spending money on taxis, walk home. Back then, I travelled a fair bit in between my studies and never had a problem walking anywhere at night. So, leaving work at 2.45am didn't faze me at all. I'd walk through the high street, cross the bridge over the River Trent, and to get to my road, I would then cross a petrol garage forecourt to take a shortcut through. Then it was a quick walk up the hill to where my parents' house was. The garage shop itself was always closed after midnight. Anyway, I'd worked this one nightclub for over a year. Never had a problem getting home safely. Then, one night, I'm walking across the garage forecourt and I hear somebody else's footsteps behind me. I freaked, heart in mouth, and I turned round to find no one there. Rather than thinking it was anything spooky, I put it down to just being tired, as by this time I'd secured a day job also and thought it was my own footsteps causing an echo, thus making me imagine I was hearing an extra set of footsteps. So I shook off the initial fright and proceeded to go up the hill and back home. I continued to walk home, alone, at night after my shift, and every time I walked across the garage forecourt, I'd get the same fright yet again, as I would hear the same footsteps. Yet again, I would turn around and find no one there. Weirdly, this went on for weeks, the extra footsteps every night giving me a fright, me turning around to check and there being no one there. 
I'd continue home and give myself a good laugh for getting so frightened yet again. Me and my tired imagination, eh? I soon got so used to those extra footsteps that I stopped turning around. Then, one night, I finished my shift as usual. I proceeded to cross the garage forecourt. However, this time, there were no extra footsteps behind me. So then I thought, Hang on, this is a bit weird. Where are my extra footsteps? So I decided to turn round and check for the first time in a long while. And as I turned around, to my horror, there was a man running up behind me. I didn't know this man, and his intentions were clearly not good. The man broke his running pace to a walk. By this time, he was about 15 metres away from me. However, because I'd gotten used to being frightened by the extra footsteps, I managed to maintain a confident composure in the face of this man who was about to do Lord knows what to me. I calmly got my keys out of my pocket and kept looking over my shoulder at him whilst I walked at my usual pace. I didn't panic and I didn't run. I calmly walked across the forecourt. I say calmly, but inside I was thinking, uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. Anyway, I kept looking back at him with my keys in my hand. He then got a bit unnerved with me being so calm, I think. Probably because I didn't freak the F out. Which I probably would have if I hadn't got used to the extra spooky footsteps behind me. Anyway, after the garage forecourt, there were houses at the bottom of the hill, and I pretended that I lived in one of those. I walked towards these houses, all the time looking back at this possible assailant. My calmness, I think, shocked him as he faltered in his steps. Eventually stopping in the middle of the garage forecourt, he then swiftly turned on his heels and ran in the opposite direction. I got home safe, shook up, and I didn't sleep a wink, but safe. Needless to say, after that, I never walked home late at night in the dark, or anywhere quiet in the dark at night ever again. Also, I never heard the footsteps again in that location. That was until a few years later. This time I heard them in a different town. And I knew it was a warning to stay clear of a particular building. But that is another story in itself. Well, thank you so much, Claire. What an amazing experience to end Minisode 4 on. But just before we go, it does remind me of a personal anecdote told to me by my mother, which is kind of the opposite from the good part of Claire's story. When my mother was around four, she was being looked after by her uncle, and she made him promise to sit outside of her bedroom door because she was fearful that week they would be burgled. And he'd done as he was told by this four-year-old, and diligently sat outside her door on the Monday night. She begged again on Tuesday, and he done so again. She begged again on Wednesday, and he said he would, but he just placed the chair outside the door and went and slept in his own room. And that was the night they were burgled. As ever, thank you for choosing to spend your time with me here. 
and I'll speak to you on Friday for episode 5 of The Dark Paranormal. Halfway through the season already. Unbelievable. Don't forget, if you'd like to join our Patreon, you receive ad-free episodes all early released and, of course, access to Dark Bites. Head over to patreon.com forward slash the dark paranormal. But until Friday, take care. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.